Welcome to Ben Navarra's podcast with your host, Ben Navarra's. What parts of the book, like, so just for those who didn't hear the beginning, oh, where did okay. you, where did you start or how did you start writing the book? Well, jumping right into the book. Yeah. Um, if you don't mind. No, no, that, that's, that's what we were. <laughs> yeah, no problem. So I was, it was just a general discussion I was having with my uh, cousins and friend. And they said, why don't you write a book about your life? And it started just like that. And I went home and I took notes and went back to past experiences, started jotting down notes and one paragraph led to another. <laughs> Next thing I knew, I was on page 150 and I just kept writing. I, uh, I even took a week off from work because I was so motivated. I took, Damn, dude. yeah, I took a, I took a week off from work just to write. You're really in it. I was really into it. So um, go for it. Yeah. I mean, it, it was fascinating. I mean, going back in time, reliving those moments, thinking about it, uh, it's, it was amazing. And, and putting those thoughts into words and just the learning process of, like I was mentioning before, transitioning from one story to another and trying to build on that. I mean, I, I was super excited. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to fix this, this camera real quick. For yeah. Whatever yeah, yeah. Reason no it, it, it died. Yeah. No problem. That'd be all right. Okay. Sweet. Great. Sorry. No, that's okay. <laughs> so it's, it's no problem. Where are you from? What is so David? Yeah. Where are you from, David? So I'm from um my parents were originally from Afghanistan. Uh we moved uh, to the States in eighty, nineteen eighty, where I grew up most of my life in New York. Nice. Yeah. Why did they choose New York? Uh, I'm not sure. I guess uh, maybe because we had family there prior. Yeah. So we were in New York uh, till I would say 88. Then we moved to Cal uh, to Southern California for a couple of years. Then we transitioned back to New York. And then 92 is when we moved to Northern California from New York. So travel, I traveled quite a bit. Um, that is quite a trip. Well, yeah. What age did you, did you guys move? Did you, were you born in the States? No, no, I was born in Afghanistan. And then and I was quite young, uh, probably four or five when I, when I moved to uh, the States. Do you remember most, like much of that culture or <laughs> like living there? I know it's I, super young, but. You know, I, I remember very, very little, you know, very, very little, uh, but. I live it through the stories that I was told, right? So I kind of visualize how it is, and and uh, but but the culture lived with our family, right? They they continue the culture even in the states. So I still have the culture in me, but I don't remember too much about the country itself. Very nice, yeah. And then, where did you go to? I guess high school was it a, a hard transition? Yeah, so I was a sophomore, middle of sophomore year when I transitioned from the East Coast to 
the West Coast, Northern California, specifically Fremont. Um, I'm sure it was the transition. It was tough, but I don't recall it being too difficult. Um, I made friends real quick and uh, it was good times. Northern California, Fremont area was was fun. <laughs> I don't know where Fremont is, to be honest with you. So Fremont is about um, about uh, 40 miles southeast of San Francisco. 40 miles southeast of San Fran. Okay. Yeah, so you're from the Bay Area? Very, very okay, little. So because I've had people... So it's in, between, it's in between Oakland and San Jose. Okay. So there's two airports, and, and three actually. One is San Francisco. The second is Oakland and San Jose. So it's in between Oakland and San Jose. That's where Fremont is. Nice. Yeah. And then did you go to school or your further like your graduate education in um I went I went to, uh from from half of tenth grade, eleventh and twelfth, I was in Fremont and then I transferred to a uh, middle uh college, Ohlone College, which is also in Fremont. I stayed there for two and a half years and transferred to Berkeley. That's where I graduated and received my mechanical engineering degree from Berkeley College. Yeah. Were there other types of engineering at that point or mechanical was the, <laughs> the only? Yeah. So <laughs> there, there was, of course, there's a, a lot of different areas of engineering. Uh, so there was um, electrical, there's chemical. Um, chemical was quite hard. <laughs> At Berkeley, uh, the, the success rate was pretty low as far as graduating. <laughs> so that was a no-go for me. Um, I, I enjoyed electrical engineering, but um, the reason why I went to mechanical from electrical was I didn't enjoy the computer science classes that I needed to take along with electrical engineering. So for me, it seemed like a, a road of less resistance to go from to mechanical. Yeah. Um, I still, you know, apply the physics and math classes that I enjoyed so much in, in the mechanical field, but I didn't have to take all the programming classes that came along with it. Ideal. I think yeah. programming sounds like it sucks. Well, I, I had to take some programming classes. Uh, I took C and Fortran, uh, which was a, um engineering program class, programming for engineering many years ago, which is was replaced by MATLAB. It probably doesn't exist anymore. Nobody uses Fortran, but I've never heard of Fortran, but I've have heard of MATLAB. Yeah. I just remember being an undergrad and I had several friends that were both electrical engineers, mm. uh, chemical engineers, uh, so, some aerospace. And then my roommate was a computer engineer. Yeah. So computer science, probably, oh, computer yeah. science. Yeah. 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 So know a little bit about Fortran is an old language. <laughs> it was replaced by MATLAB and uh, I'm not sure if it's replaced by anything else yet. I've kind of lost track of the programming language. Now they do coding and uh, I'm not too familiar with it, but um, do you do any coding now? No, no, not at all. No, no. Do you like that? Usually uh, the, in my field, we have a whole division of um, uh, computer science uh, people that dig into the area. I don't get involved in that. I mean, I deal a little bit as, as far as in my field uh, in the 
software interface because what that is is we have me- we design mechanical systems and then you have the electrical system that drives the mechanics. So I deal into the software interface, the communication between the mechanics and the electrical a little bit, but not too much. But uh, encoding, I, I don't deal with it at all. Nice. Yeah. So what exactly is it that you do? Okay. So we design systems for, I, I think I mentioned this to you at the gym a little bit, uh, for semiconductor industry, uh, for aerospace. Um, we do mechanical systems that basically, uh, to simplify things, to uh, pick and place uh, an object, right? You need uh, some sort of mechanical arm or mechanical device that would be able to pick pick uh, a product up and transfer it to a different location. I mean, when you're dealing in like a semiconductor industry, obviously you can put your arm in there and move the, you know, the the wafers (laughs) because of the temperature and all the chemicals, you know, you need some sort of robotic arm. And that robotic arm is what we design or any moving mechanism inside the system that takes the wafer and transfers it from one chamber to another. This is the type of product we design. So you're confronted initially with a, a problem, I assume. Yeah. And then what is the next step? Okay, David, we need, we need to do this to do this thing. Now, where do you go? So everything starts with a theory, theoretical aspect, right? You, you, if you're, when you're designing a mechanical system, you want to know what the environmental conditions are. What are forces acting on? Uh, this moving product, right? Um, so we have to take all that in consideration. And then we do, well, there's a division of our company that does application and they do calculations based on theoretical analysis. And they make sure that those products are going to withstand the environment, the speed, right? Any, any sort of condition. Um, then we try to f- design components that's going to fit that, pick out the right material, pick out the right product. Um, And then after that, we go into prototype, we design it, we start finding the parts, bring it in, and then our team puts those parts together and then it goes into actual testing. So... I hope that answers your question. It, I mean, yeah, it definitely yeah, does, yeah. but I want to get more into details. Of course, so, yeah, absolutely. Like, what materials work best in different situations. So like, are you looking at extreme heats, extreme colds, um, what kind of speeds, like what, what kind of, like, I know that we, I don't know if it's okay that we mentioned, and if not, then I can just clap and we can remove it. But, um, like what goes out in the ether, like if I'm going to Mars and I'm going to work on this arm, then yeah. what am I creating? Yeah. Like all, all of it, all of the stuff you mentioned. So in space, it's more of cold and cold and hot, but the time that it becomes cold and hot is also critical. Like, you know, it's at a cryogenic environment. Um, I mean, in which it becomes cold yeah, and hot. So for instance, uh, you, you take a cup of water, you put it in the refrigerator. It takes some time before the water freezes. Right. But in space, it gets cold real fast. Right. Fair. Okay. So the timing is also critical. How fast it gets cold, how fast it gets hot again. So we have to pick material that's going to be able to withstand those conditions, right? Uh, and temperature also. Um, 
So if I start looking at like a periodic table, is that where you start? Like, okay, no, we no. have like these can like these metals that I'm going to work with or like, I'm okay, like, or how does it? Yeah. So we don't start at that level. There's companies that already done R and D and, and picked out types of material, moving, moving mechanical products to withstand certain environments. So okay. we kind of, uh, we work with subcontractors and manufacturers nice. that's already done the initial testing but uh we still have to do our due diligence and make sure it works so as a complete assembly because you also have to take in consideration these products might work alone but when they're combined as assembly it might be react differently so so then how do you assemble them if i have these two different parts am i welding things together or how exactly does that work yeah i mean you could you could weld it you could uh, screw it uh, there's many different ways you can put those parts together yeah. and everything down to the screw or the metal that you're using to to weld is has already been researched by this other subcontract company yeah so most you know uh, aerospace or uh, government applications they require uh, material certifications so the company that's producing that component has to have those material certifications. And what that means is it basically gives us or the government traceability back to the original source. If, if I'm clear there. Yeah. Um, so that's why a lot of US or government projects only can take product from certain countries and this is regulated. So we can't design a product that uh, is going into like a missiles program or um, a space program. We can't buy product from like if it's materials and coming from China. So it has to be US made or a country that's uh, qualified in terms of material. And are like certain countries allowed to make certain things? Like they only make XYZ? Support for Ben Thinking is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Their products are precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped's performance package is the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Join over 8 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code thinking at manscaped.com if my math is correct that's about 16 million balls i got my lawnmower and weed whacker recently and i immediately put the weed whacker inside of my nostrils no nicks no snags and i have never been able to smell things as good as after i used the crop the weed whacker the Crop Preserver makes my balls smell nice every single day that I'm in the gym. And of course, we love that. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code THINKING at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code THINKING. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. No, all countries can make all sorts of stuff, but um, but in terms of projects that are critical, have to have components coming from like U.S. made or Germany, countries that are qualified. 
Germany, material. Germany makes some quality material. Yes, Germany makes good quality. Yeah, and I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, even China makes good quality products, but it's just regulated. There's certain countries that cannot make those products, or we cannot put their products in the system that's going into like a flight critical or out of space or a government project. What yeah. is considered a like a critical? project and how, like how do you get assigned to a critical project well it depends you know uh, 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 there's projects out there and they're flight critical um, or if, if it's a critical component on an airplane that's going to control the you know um, the cockpit or uh, major components are critical and if there's something to do with lighting in the airplane that's not critical then you can use those components but for critical applications it's advised that we use certain country of origin product advised and kind of it's regulated i mean yeah, it's it's, it's well yeah. yeah yeah but i mean i mean you reason, it, it's, it's yeah. well of course yeah you mean there's strict fines I mean, you just don't do it so yeah. i've never even thought of it but yeah. And I mean, plus, on top of that, we need to have documentation. You just can't say they don't take your word for it. You have to have documentation. <laughs> like, for instance, if you're working on a government project, I mean, you could work on two, three parts for a government application or, or aerospace application, but documentations could be a pile long. There's so much documentation, I can't even tell you. And and it's highly, it's regulated. It's, it's tough. You, there's no way you could work around it. Has to be done. It sounds like a lot of a lot of bookkeeping. A lot. Well, did you <clears> expect <throat> that as part of your job when first coming out of school? Well, I, I this was not my job when I first came out of school. When I first came out of school, I was doing application work and simple design work. It actually took a lot of time to be able to work on projects like this. You know, what did you? What What is applic applications? Applications is basically like. Um, uh, doing projects, but doing calculation and making sure the components are working, doing life calculation, theoretical calculation, mostly math-based calculations. That's what application engineers typically do. And then the, some design <clears throat> work on on like AutoCAD or ProE or SolidWorks, Inventor. What These are, are those? Those are the different softwares that uh, help you uh, basically uh, build a component on the computer, right? You design it. Yeah. Kind of like MATLAB, right? No? Mat MATLAB does it too, yeah. So MATLAB does the calculations. You know, you could do calculations, yeah. But AutoCAD, Inventor, ProE, these are actual softwares that be able to design the drawing itself. Very cool. At I least I'm pretty sure there's a lot more, but those are the ones I'm familiar with. I've heard that it, like as soon as you get out of school as an engineer, you still have quite a bit of time before you can be like a certified engineer. Is that <clears throat> your process or is that something that's new or is that, is that entirely wrong? I mean, I graduated in 2000, so a lot has changed, but I can only speak for what I went through. Of course, you know, there's a state exam that you have to take after you get your bachelor's of science. Uh, but if you if you're talking about certified engineer like uh, a professional engineer then uh, uh, PE then you, of course you need some experience and 
it, it, uh, again, it might things have might have changed since uh, back when I was in school, but um, you also have to do a test for that too. Uh, so I, I am a professional engineer. I was. I'm not certified in, in Las Vegas, uh, but in California I was. So uh, we had to take an actual exam, a pretty tough one, um, to become. Pro professional engineer. You want and to be then, a professional engineer here in Vegas? Is there a value to that? Well, I mean, I'm a professional engineer, but just I, not I, license in this specific that's, state. Yeah, so you have to renew license, and you have to renew it when you go to a different state. I, I just, I don't need it. It's not, uh, it's not required for me. Yeah. For it, what reason? Because most of your work is out of California or just no, it's just my company doesn't require it. Nice. Yeah. So some professional engineers is that, you know, civil engineers require it because, you know, every um, coding or any drawing they do, they have to stamp it. It's required for, for my line of work. It's not required. So that's why I never renewed it. And didn't, didn't really move forward with that. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Can you go into just how did you start working on the Mars, right? The Mars Rover, is that correct? Can we talk about that? If not, then I have to get out. Well, we could talk about it, but not too detailed because of like non-disclosure agreements mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, uh, there's so many companies involved in that. I was one company that's part of many companies that obviously it puts assembly together for a JPL and NASA and everything. But, um, yeah, I mean, uh, we, 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 I supported our company supported, uh, on the, uh, supporting the arm of the Mars rover. So that's something we, uh, helped another subcontractor to build the, uh, the arm. So a subcontractor finds you. Yeah. To. Or we have working relationship with companies, right? And if they have a different project, then they call on us. So they need certain components. They call on us and we support them. And then they build sub assembly. And then it's, uh, you know, and it goes like that. And the final assembly will be assembled together by the end user. How many total people are on your team that are reviewing or looking at the, the rope or the, the, your specific piece of it? Oh, there's, there's a lot. I mean, there's, there's people in the factory that I can't even count for. Gotcha. And uh, on our side, we have a engineering team. We have a quality team. Um, we have um, sales team. We have inside sales. It, it, it's, it's, it's quite huge. a bit. Yeah, it's it's huge. I mean, everybody eventually works together. I don't if, for whatever reason. I'm thinking like, oh, you have like five or six guys that are like at a table with some blueprints, drawing some stuff, sending it out to a team to do like. Some some materials research, materials testing comes back, get them, get the get the information, and then either you know manipulate, change whatever you're going to change, and then send it back out and retest. And that happens too, right? I mean, there there is a, a group of people. There's design reviews. Uh, they 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 review the design, and then they they test it. If it doesn't work, they figure out what. What was the root cause of the failure? Then they go back to the drawing board and try to find what what component failed, and then uh, find a different component that's going to work better. Yeah, I mean that happens. So you started off with some application style things, and then what was the next step after that? Once you 
kind of learned that or got comfortable in that field, what was your next switch into uh, your profession? Well, it's still my profession, right? Um, so as application engineer, um, and then um, I did product management, project management. I mean, it, it just with your experience, you uh, you grow and you, uh, there's opportunity, you move forward and yeah. All within the same company or you changed No, companies? I've changed companies, yeah. I, I've probably worked for, uh, what am I? 23 years five five companies five six companies yeah. all within the same field right all like mechanical yeah okay, i talked about this last time where aerospace was like fairly new um and so even though you are like mechanical and kind of air aerospace it's because you're like by trade, almost an aerospace engineer. Is that appropriate to say or not? Not really. <clears throat> I'm not an aerospace engineer. I'm not. You know, it, I do aerospace projects, which you, maybe aerospace engineering. Uh, I'm a mechanical engineer, um, and uh, I do aerospace projects. Same, I do semiconductor projects, biomedical projects. Um, Damn. And in, in, in the mechanic area, the motion control area. How like how niche is that specific field? If I'm a mechanical engineer, I didn't realize that you can go into all these different things. Yeah. Like, then you have motion and control. Mm -hmm. What other kind of niches are there within the mechanical engineering space? Well, I mean, you need mechanical moving products, right? So anything mechanical that's moving, it's considered, um, you know, part of the mechanical engineering. Um, I know now in school, they teach, uh, mechanical and electrical, which is called mechatronics, where they combine, combine electrical and, uh, and mechanical, which makes sense because when you're doing a mechanical design, you're always going to need an electrical system to move those mechanical because they're also not going to move. Right. Yeah. Um, so they go hand in hand, but, um, as far as the industry, it, 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 you know, when I worked in Northern California, uh, it was, I worked in Silicon Valley. So it's a lot of semiconductor. What is a semiconductor? If you don't mind, just, I don't really know what a semiconductor is, to be honest. So semiconductor is basically, it build, you, you make a wafer, you build, you're building a wafer. And wafer. from that wafer, right? From that wafer, you start, you can make chips out of that wafer and those chips go in your computer and to your microphone and to your car and it goes in anything right so uh the beginning process is comes from a wafer and that's what semiconductor is it's a semiconductor is the building the wafer a semicon semiconductors yeah. build the wafer or they yeah. are the wafer they are the way they are they're the the, the, the wafer itself so then there's a semiconductor inside of this mic or this yeah. computer or yeah, everything, everything. Yeah. Everything. Uh, the computers, the cars, lights. I mean, this microphone, you'll have a chip in there, not a semiconductor, but as a chip, right? From the semiconductor, the wafers are then taken and they're, they're kind of sliced up and they made chips make chips out of that you know, those, those those chips go into your computers microphone tv <laughs> cars everything yeah okay so that's a big industry yeah i i 
I figured a, a semiconductor was a very large item for whatever reason that this is what I picture. It's like a very, very large, very tall structure. So um, those are the se- semiconductor equipment, right? That makes the wafer. So um, it is, it's large structures that's um, inside this uh, big uh, steel chamber. And, and inside the chamber, there's moving mechanical parts and there's chemicals and that's how the wafer is processed. And there's several or seven, eight different processes to actually building a wafer, the different layers. And then once the wafer is built, uh, there's inspection involved in the wafer. And then that wafer is sliced up and made into chips. And those chips are goes into your computer, TV, and everything That's else. That's wild. Yeah. Sounds like little LSD little tabs. Just kind of place, I don't know. Just, That's it. It's... We're resistors and all the stuff and then that's and then you know then we use them (laughs) (laughs) and everywhere everywhere it's everywhere i mean the phone industry that's very big and computers cars it's huge and so i have this what is a semiconductor like how do they program it so that it knows what it's reading or communicating to the, the larger system yeah, I'm not too familiar in that. I know uh, the process of, of of making it, but as far as giving commands and so like that's a whole different field. Uh, not too familiar with that. How do they make it? How do they make what? The, the wafer. So, so there's like there's different. Steps, but... Yeah. So I mean, there's like you like you mentioned before. There's big big you know systems right that have a specific uh, objective, right? You have. Um, uh, once one that's called like PVD, which is physical vapor deposition as a process. Then you have a different system that does like a CMP, which is chemical mechanical deposition. Then you have an etch process. Then you have um, inspection process. So there's multiple processes. And, and okay, so think of it this way. You have this big chamber, right? And inside there's like uh, each chamber in the middle, there's like a robotic arm, right? And as the wafer finishes a certain process, that robotic arm kind of goes and picks up the wafer, brings it out, puts it into another chamber that does the different processes. And then once it's completed, then they take it out, put it into another chamber, and then a different processes. Um, and then fine, fine, and then, and then it's taken out and then it goes through inspection. And then once it meets all the requirements, the wafer is ready. And it's ready to sell, ready to ship to the end user. And then the end user, it could be, you know, um, Intel, uh, ASML. I mean, these big companies, and then they take those wafers and they do what they do, you know, slice it up, make it into chips, and then eventually sell it to, you know, companies like phone companies and uh, computer companies. And then they do the program out there. So then you... You are designing the thing that's actually grabbing um, and moving. Correct. The mechanical, the mechanical components that, yeah. And even, even, make- even though our responsibility is pretty involved, but if you look at a system level, uh, our responsibility is so small, right? Compared to the overall system. I mean, if you don't have that piece of it, then the system of doesn't course, function. Of course, everything right? everything works but, together. But if you but look sure. at the overall system, we're a very small part of the entire 
completion. So then, but you need to have that mechanical arm be able to be operated by the electrical engineer and the engineers or the programmers that can then like are in behind yeah. and sending signals to it to grab and move. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so each one of those systems that I was talking to you about the big chambers, right? They have a control system that controls every moving part, every moving part. And, and you have to understand these systems are in a cleaner environment. What I mean by clean room, there's like zero particles. I mean, you have to wear the mask, the uniform, the, the uniforms, and to even go in there. And uh, it's a very clean environment. And uh, there's engineers that uh, program the controls to make sure all those mechanical parts are moving properly. Have you got and precisely? That's that's the yeah. that's the part that seems wild to me. Like how precise oh, it's have to be. There is no messing up. Okay, let me tell you how precise it is. Okay, <clears throat> if I'm sitting here and I stomp my foot like this, your camera did move. Yeah. Okay, but it's at a level that we cannot see. But in that environment, they can see that. That's Damn, that's, that's how precise it is. We're talking it's about like so nanometer. Cool precisioning that's it's very precise how do they track that it's there, are there like systems in the ground that are able to so the, those kinds yeah of things? so each each of those stages or platforms are on dampening systems hmm. yeah are you involved with their creation no I, I don't i well also it, mechanical right no well it, it can be air yeah, air compressors you know by air and stuff like that i don't get involved in that don't know too much about it. So yeah. Do you, have you decided like, this is your field because this is the most interesting because it is the path of least resistance. Like, well, back in college, that's what I looked at as the path of least resistance fair. right now. I don't think it's the path of least resistance. I mean, I've been doing it for 23 years now. Well, I'm hoping to retire early. Nice. <laughs> um, so I, there's no change for me right now. This is where I'm going to end it. Yeah. So what are you, are you managing your project right now? What does that look like? Yeah. So the, um, uh, the, what I'm working on is a project, a really nice project. With, um, there's satellite systems that's going to be launched in 2004. I'm not sure if I, well, it's public. It's uh, in Google, so that's okay. Um, that's supposed to be launched in 2004 and it's supposed to give like internet access to everyone at any spot, basically. Though cool, kind of worrisome. Yeah. It's being. I mean, do you really want internet access when you go camping with your friends? <laughs> no, I'm okay with not having internet. Uh, <laughs> I'm okay with it. Yeah. I don't need to be tied to it that much. It's it's really to support like uh, well, I guess I don't know too much about it and I uh, I don't want to say anything that might be wrong but I think uh, what their objective is like to help the countries that don't have internet right now mm. and they're like isolated somewhere far and they really don't have the reception and it's supposed to support yeah or, uh, that's a that's a wide support yeah I mean that's a lot yeah and so. There's a lot of moving parts. It's all mechanical. It seems like it, like the actual structure is very mechanical, right? Yeah. So you like, are you working on specific parts of that? I'm just working on a very small part of that. I mean, the, the overall design is, is done by 
uh, by them, you know, and um, so, yeah, I'm just working on one component that goes into that system, but uh, still evolved, right? How many, how many, is that typically how most things are, are created? Like, do you have this one large company that then will outsource to like all these, like building a house, right? Mm. It's like, you have this one project manager or general, uh, general contractor who then hires your, your electricians, yeah. your, and then even they'll sub out to other people. Yeah. Um, and then just continues to kind of spread, but then ultimately it's the name of the, of, or of the course. Builder, yeah. Or yeah. it's very similar to construction. I mean, it is construction, I guess. Yeah, just I mean, there's detailed. there's a lot of people involved, but the name goes on one person, right? Yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of people involved in every, every every project. I mean, there's not one company that does everything. It's 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 hard. It's uh, they don't have the core competence to do everything, so they have to subcontract it out. And it makes sense. I mean, you want to invest so much money to just bring in a group to test something that's already been qualified right so um yeah but you know only it's not like every company can do it you have to be qualified you have to have some sort of standards uh, especially with those uh, the the bigger companies like or even government applications you you have to be qualified not just anybody can't just knock on the door and say i'll work on that project that's tough to get in is it? But once you're in and you have that relationship and you've proven yourself, then you can bid on different projects moving forward. So you have to be a qualified supplier. How do you get qualified? A lot of testing. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of investment. A lot of investment. Yeah. yeah. That's the unfortunate. Yeah. Like you, you just need, you could be, you just need a lot of funding. Yeah. Or know the right person. <laughs> right? Or know the right person. Sure. Yeah. 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 That's usually how it works. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good, it's a good deal. I'm going to grab a, a beverage real quick. Yeah. Um, would you like anything? I'm going to grab a little like Modelo kind of thing. It's a liquid. No, go beer. ahead. Yeah. Okay. No, I know what Modelo is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, they're not actually, like, no, it's not actually beer. It's like an ala fresca, but it's like. Oh, okay. Cool? So are we break? Uh, yeah. We can take a break. Okay. Yeah. Is that all right? Yeah. That's fine. Cool. It's crazy how all these electrons taking my voice right so like it's to that extent where we're saying things into this thing and it goes all the way back in through this word yeah feeds into there feeds into the computer and then back into our Uh, ear so fast there's there's zero delay Uh, yeah 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 it's amazing take it for granted i think i mean we just don't think about it but if we think about it there's so much technology around us i mean it's it's amazing um where humans have come you know the and 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 it's amazing that we still don't know so much right i mean what could we accomplish in like 20 30 years 40 years i mean just look at the past 20 years what we've done i mean just these computers the technology behind it it's it's amazing i mean and faster and faster and faster and faster smaller smaller. faster more precise it's already so damn precise yeah imagine how much precise we can get (laughs) like but i don't like it's so hard to conceptualize like i don't where does it go like am i speaking into your head like i mean let's think about it like 30, 40 years ago, uh, uh, we saw the computers, right? And we were like, what else can it do? And now everybody has like iPads and laptops. Yeah. Yeah. There's still a lot more technology out there. Yeah. 
like that we that just hasn't gotten into our hands or just like it is still conceptual yeah like the i don't don't know too much about it but you know televisions is one i mean uh, it's still a lot of improvements to make it lighter make it bigger and there's technology out there already it just hasn't come to market yet (laughs) qleds and all these things yeah well qled is already out i think right i have one at home yeah those are already out and then i remember like looking at all these different styles of 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 uh tvs and I hadn't purchased a TV in a very long time. I knew LEDs and that was right about it. Yeah. And then I started I, to look at them and there were like six different options. Yeah. Like yeah. I mean, remember when the plasma TVs first came out, they were like $8,000, $9,000 at Best Buys. Yeah. And now you get them for like 200 bucks or less. No I mean, I don't even think they have plasmas anymore, <laughs> but they were heavy. And I think the largest size was like 55 or inch. Yeah. That's great. I mean, yeah. I remember, I remember going to Best Buy's, one of those electronic stores many years. I'm not sure when, maybe in 2005 or six, and they were like eight, nine thousand dollars. I never, I, I didn't really know that they got that expensive. Can you still hear? Ready to yeah. pull it out? Okay, oh, cool. I can hear you. Sometimes they, they pull it out. Um, it just, it just seems like so vast and constantly growing. It's hard. It's, it's almost hard. It's hard to keep up. Yeah. It's not almost hard. It is hard to keep up. Yeah. You always have to fucking buy something new, figure out the next thing. And it's, it's almost nice not knowing. Like, I got my QLED. Yeah. I'm going to wait till the next big thing comes yeah. out. Right. Yeah. I don't, I don't and really it will. need anything more. It will. It will. I mean, uh, they're going to attract you through marketing. And then he has it. My neighbor has it. I should get one. You know, this is. Human, human, human nature, right? I mean, my, 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 my brother has it. I want to get one. And that's how, that's how it moves forward. In Mark, I mean, even marketing has, I think, advanced so much from, you know, going to a location and like handing out flyers to, which still exists, sure. But to the point where, you know, you say it and then seconds later, it's on your phone. I mean, yeah, this TikTok and social media advertising is, is really uh, something something good i mean it, it, i mean you could see so much and just a matter of seconds where i remember back in high school i used to go door to door you know selling product yeah or like newspapers or candy <laughs> i used to sell candy as yeah. a kid yeah. uh chocolate bars and then i would sell uh and right i think my probably my junior senior year of college maybe if not when i first got out i started selling for a construction company and we would do door to door knocking. Yeah. Yeah. And it was terrible. Yeah. I mean, really good experience, but hard. Yeah. Uh, now you just, I want these people who own people who own houses that are between this age that are in this area yeah. and then just send out. Uh, Everything's just in your pocket I and mean, you just pick it up your phone. And I mean, sometimes I'm, I'm, I talk about something and I go on Instagram and it pops up in marketing <laughs> They were selling this device and I was like, wow, I just talked about this. It's, it's amazing. That one, I don't know how, like. Well, because I, it has the microphone, it's able to hear us. I mean, you do have the option of turning it off if you want, but like, it, it's just sitting here, but it can hear our, our, our discussions. And if we talk about a certain product, maybe in a few hours, it'll come up on TikTok or Instagram It's because they're listening. So I, that I understand. I understand how Amazon would do it, but like if I'm a. If I'm an individual with a, a supplement company 
and I wanted to sell my supplement in this area to people this age, yeah. then like, how, like, is it so good that even me as a private company, not that not this huge or a small business, not this huge company can still reap the benefits of that? Yeah, of course. Like for instance, when you buy an iPhone, it tells you like put in your birthday and put any information. So like if that, if, if I, if I'm like a certain age and, and the phone already knows that I'm, I'm this age, right. And I have Instagram or TikTok. And if you're a marketing company and you want to produce some products, right. And I, I'm not familiar with marketing. I'm just giving you my yeah. input. Um, if you want to sell this product to the certain age, the phone already knows, right. That it already knows. And he could just market that company. I mean, those people. I would assume that that's how they do it. Yeah. I mean, there's such big money in that. I feel like that's still a space that's fairly untapped. I mean, it's definitely big and people are moving that direction, but from just the people that I continue to to interview and talk to are like, Oh no, like you have no idea. Like it's still, there's still such a playing field in that space in technology and making money online that it hasn't been, it been, been touched yet like it's still so new yeah i'm sure i mean my girls know more about that stuff than i do actually right yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it, uh, it's just not my area of expertise but uh i'm sure there's a lot more room for improvement it's not my area either but i'm yeah. trying to learn yeah. kind of almost forced into learning yeah it's i mean if you don't learn then then you're left behind yeah 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 yeah, I remember when I got my father uh, an iPhone. I mean, he or like uh, somebody older. I mean, they don't even know how to use it, right? I mean, now, but you're forced to learn, right? Or else you'll be behind. Yeah. Now my grandma just sits there at night. She'll stay up to like two a.m. just yeah. playing on her. She likes crossword puzzles and games and stuff. And she'll sit there. She's like, "Oh, it's two o'clock. My bad. I need to go to bed." Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to. Uh, I'm, that's wasting my time too. I uh, I fall into that trap sometimes, and then I put my phone away. And I I, I typically don't like to just sit there and <laughs> go look through TikTok or Instagram. But, but it's, it's, so it's it is it's very addicting. Yeah, it's yeah. So, I mean, I will like almost every morning and every night. Yeah. I am on there. And watching, yeah, watching something, yeah, yeah, it is addicting. I'm I'm tied to it's it. It's not beneficial, but it's not beneficial, yeah. right? I think that you can like use your algorithm or like play with the algorithm and say, okay, well, I'm only going to like like scientific stuff or yeah. like educational material. But even then, like, you can only do so much. But you're gonna you're still gonna find something else. And yeah. do you really, do you really retain? much of that stuff that you're listening to. Like, I like the word of the day kind of get, there's this yeah. guy that does word of the day. Yeah. I couldn't, if I see the word again, I'll probably remember it, yeah. but I couldn't use it. Well, I think, I think just in generally speaking, we, we don't always remember a hundred percent of what we see or hear. I Fair. mean, rule of thumb is maybe like 10%. Um, that's why we have to uh, keep researching, researching until we understand more and more. But no, yeah, we're not gonna remember everything. Maybe in our subconscious mind, but Fair. yeah, Good point. yeah. I, I wish I'd learned, like retained more. You know, yeah. bigger, like be nice. Oh man, I was I was watching something the other day, and uh, they have this device that they're using. It basically goes in the in, in the human ear. It just you place it on your ear, and it, it connects to your head. I'm not sure exactly how the details, but so basically, you ask me a question, and it's like. And it's able to hear it and then it transformed to your brain and your brain 
answers it like Google. That's wild. Yeah. I think I remember seeing this. It's like this white thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah. just kind of sits on the guy's head and he's just like, you think Well, well yeah, answer. yes, yes. They have had the helmet ones, but this one's really small. You put it on your ear and it attaches right above your ear. And I wonder how that works. Yeah. Frequencies, right? Like, I, I, well, I'm sure frequencies have something to do with it. I don't have too much information to give my input, but I'm sure there's a way. That's definitely not my space whatsoever, yeah. but it's just like, like, how but imagine, else? I mean, imagine uh, and 40, 50 years, everybody will just have the answer. Everybody will be walking Google. <laughs> That's so then, like, so then, like, you know, like, what do we do? do yeah. Like, yeah. Like, like, it's just, I think one guy told me, like, that I had on the podcast, he said that it's just going to be like the creative mind is what ultimately will win. Like, you, well, it'll just be a have, world of AI, right? I mean, yeah. That's scary. <laughs> that is scary. Yeah. What do people do? Everybody be more efficient. I mean, everybody was speaking logically, and I would assume there wouldn't be too much, you know, jokes. <laughs> yeah, that's unfortunate. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> no more humor. That, 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 that's that's gonna be way after me. So it, it'll be within my within my lifetime, most likely. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, when you're yeah. A grandfather, older. Yeah. yeah, hopefully no kids, but yeah, yeah. But that's that's scary. Yeah, that's uh, that area is very scary to think about. I just, I don't know. Like, I get, we work out a lot. I guess, like, you can really tax your body at that point if you care to. Yeah. Yeah. You know? I mean, but everybody has the answer. I mean, where's the fun in that? Right? There's no research. You just There's ask no the question, and the answer is already there. I mean. I guess what's the purpose of life? Right? Asking better questions. Yeah, maybe. Questions that I haven't asked. Yeah, maybe. It's scary. I'm not sure. Like I remember in one research lab that I worked in, they were trying to figure out um, uh, the the couch potato gene is what they call it. It's like it has to do with uh, a specific dopamine receptor, and they they found it, the receptor they were looking for and found a response, but they like, it led to these like series of, of other responses that they were like, we've never seen this before. Yeah. We don't even know what to call. So now this, like now you and like, now you have to go down this entirely new route, um, which I guess wouldn't be things that are Googleable, right? Cause yeah. it only knows what we've done. And so if there's no research paper over it, then there's no input to be had, I guess. Yeah. There's I, no output for it to, to feed back. Yeah. I'm not sure. I don't know. Yeah. No, it's it's just quite a, interesting. I guess, you know, yeah. it is quite interesting. It's, you know, we, we continue to, we can, you know, what is it? Elon Musk has his like brain thing. We can start like talking to each other, like brain to brain. I forget what he called it. Um, but. We don't have to say words. You can just sit here and like read each other's minds. Well, that's, that's boring. <laughs> right? I mean, it's yeah. 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 It, so then like the people that don't do it, I guess are the people that are a little more interesting, but I would imagine there's a lot of pressure to, but I don't do think that. anybody would want to do that. Why? I mean, why would I want to sit here? I'd rather ask you questions and understand you than just sit here and read your mind and say, oh, okay. <laughs> I know who you are, so I'm going to go home. <laughs> I mean, Fair. I mean, why would anybody want to do that? I don't. I don't know. I think it's just constant, like constantly looking for 
for different, for new, for, for, you know, Star Trek esque kind of lifestyle or what the Robinsons or, or what was that? Oh, there's another TV show. I'm not very good with TV shows. Yeah. I don't really watch much, but um, there's another with the dog and with the old lady and some, so, you know, whatever. Um, that you have that life where you're just like floating around and reading each other's minds and just, it does seem like it comes with its own host of yeah. problems. Yeah. I'm, uh, I have a hard time just understanding myself. I mean, <laughs> to be able to understand other people. Uh, I change day to day, man. Yeah. It's I hard. know. Minute Imagine. by minute. Yeah. Yeah. Minute by minute. Yeah. The human mind is, is quite complex. I mean, we still don't know much about it. Right. If you think about it, we know so little about the human mind. Um, like in all the different environmental impacts and then yeah like what is anxiety how does it like i I have anxiety attacks like i definitely struggle with that piece in my life and it's sometimes extremely difficult but then like why sometimes there there is a reason and sometimes there's not you just gotta kind of like okay take it as it is and you know I, I think, I think, I think just a human mind, mind, we always want more, you know, we're not, we're not satisfied. We always want more. And it's that more that brings the anxiety, especially with the phones and Instagram and all the social media, you know, everybody posts their ideal life, you know, their perfect life or their, their vacation or what restaurant they're going in. What about the people that can't go to that vacation, to that restaurant? I mean, when they look at it, does that create pressure in your mind? I mean, that that does that increase anxiety and form depression. I mean, I think yes. Uh, um, that's that's a root cause. And, and the real re- the, going back to uh, you know, we always want more. That's that's the thing. That's what causes anxiety. If we're satisfied to whatever we have, then would there be any anxiety? I mean. Um, would there be any additional anxiety? I would say no. I mean, looking back 20, 30, 40 years ago, I think there wasn't many people with anxiety and depression. Now it's all over the place. What's the reason for it? You know? I think a lot of it definitely has to do with social media. Like- yeah. Yeah. Social media, just our, our, our priorities have changed, uh, you know, mostly in the States, I think. I just came, I just came back from uh, Europe. We went to a small town in Germany, and and I didn't see many people on their phones. You know, we, after work we went out to the plaza, and people are on their bikes, reading book at the at the shops, doing groceries. It, it seemed like a very relaxed environment. Or here in the states, I feel like we're always in a move. I mean, I didn't even hear many people honking at each other, you know, or getting mad, like road rage. I didn't see any of that. Maybe there is, but where I was at, it, it, was, it was very minimal. And I, nobody was on their phone. Everybody was just enjoying life. I mean, I, I just driving to your house to this morning, every light I stopped, I look over there on their phone. Or even while they're driving there on their phone, this is, this is, uh, this create you this creates a lot of pressure in our mind because we don't have no relaxed time we're constantly doing or looking at something or or doing something we we don't have any time to sit back and enjoy the moment 
we're always in this illusionary environment, I think. I, I don't know. This is my thought. I, think, I mean, I think you're pretty spot on. I think that's part of the, like, we went to, to Spain not too long ago, and or more recently, we went to Costa Rica. And a couple different things that I noticed that were different is we, we walked to our, like, maybe a block, a house down or so. And there was a little restaurant there with a couple of people and we had some of the best food and they were really relaxed. And they, everybody calls it Tico time. Everyone moves on Tico time. Yeah. And Tico time is we'll get there. When? I don't know. But yeah. We'll get there. Um, we'll get you your food. Yeah. But what's like, what's the rush? Yeah. Calm down. Yeah. And we sat at one restaurant and the, the guy spoke perfect English. It's like, where are you from? He said, Florida. And he's like, I just wanted to get out of the rat race. I was tired. I was done. I had been working nonstop and not making enough to, to make it working two jobs. Couldn't really hang out with friends. Couldn't do anything with family. Cause I'm always working, always tired. And then he moved to Costa Rica, works as a waiter and pays for the newest apartment in town, hangs out with his friends. He works three days a week. And he was like, I don't have to worry about anything here. Like just, I make my money. I go home and hang out with my friends. I can play my video games. I can go read, you know, do whatever he wants. And he's not so tied to everything. Just lets us this hustle culture. Yeah. I think that hustle culture can provide some sort of value at times. It forces you to, to progress in some areas, but at the same time, like the last time that I sat around the dinner table with friends, you know, like, like how often people doing that now? Like it's, it's rare to find that. I think it's rare to find that. It is rare, rare. And, and going back and the European culture, I mean, when you go to a restaurant or like after work, they go to a bar and they drink beer and they, they hang out and socialize, which is, I think it's beneficial. But if you go to cheesecake factory and you see a family of five, every single one's on their phone. <laughs> Nobody's yeah. enjoying the moment with their family. They're on their phone. Then the food comes. They quickly eat it. And then, and I'm guilty of that. I mean, my kids do that. And I, I, I try to stop them as much as I can. But, um, you know, nobody's enjoying the moment. Your food comes, you eat it quickly, and they're back on their phones. And then they go home, and she's in her room. And is this is this really what life's about? I mean, is this family bonding? <laughs> no. <laughs> right? No. You know, like we started doing these like little get togethers with our friends because it's just we don't have any family here. So it's just <coughs> friends, but like I get the, you, you get to choose your family. Right. Yeah. And so we have uh, like on Saturdays or Sundays, we'll get together. Like tonight, we're going to go out to dinner. Um, last week, I made meatloaf. Yeah. And so I spent I, I have this book called The Food Lab. And it's a wonderful book. I recommend uh -huh. it. If you just, okay. it's, it gives you like all the, the science behind the things, all these different choices, really, really good recipes. Uh, and so I made this meatloaf and we had a bunch of people come over. Everyone shared a meal. Everyone's off their phone talking about whatever. Yeah. Just having a good time. Like it, I, <clears throat> I very much so cherish those moments. And that's part of the reason that this exists as well. It's like, I like sitting across from someone and sharing some information and just chatting and like, yeah building a relationship and, and sometimes the relationship is, is spot on great and awesome. But then like in my mind, it's not short. It's, this is not short term, right? It's yeah. not like, all right, I got what I want. Now let's still never see you again. It's, yeah. and I've, I've been a guest on podcasts before where people do treat you that way. Like they're like, okay, thanks. Uh-huh. Bye. Yeah. And I'm like, all right. Like, yeah. and then we never talk ever again. It's like, okay. Like, yeah. 
you know, different people like want different things, but uh, it's a, I think it's a really cool opportunity to like, you're a special dude. Like you've yeah. done things in your life that have, have been really cool that I think that not only I can learn from, and, but like other people can learn from, like, how can we continue to grow together and not just like, how can we just make money together? I don't know. <clears throat> like, I don't think there's any money. I don't really yeah. care. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. like, how can we build a relationship? And I see you in five years and like, Hey David, how are you doing? Yeah. You know, like that to me is, is big value. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's, that's, that's a important topic you brought up because, you know, um, in college, one way, one of the best ways of studying and learning the product or topic was through group studying. And we would form a group of three, four, five people and we'd sit there at a table and, uh, do, uh, problems. And then if I didn't get a problem, I would watch him and see how he did it and he would help me in areas and then I would help him in areas and this is one way we were able to uh, meet our objective and be able to answer the questions where if I was alone I would not be able to solve that problem or if I would it would take me a long time this is key and you know um, I think I think that we all can learn from another one another and if we do have that open mind, like you and I were sitting here and we're, we're, we're talking and you're learning from me and I'm learning from you. And I think if we have that open mindset, I don't think we'll look at, look at each other the same again, because we've formed a bond and we've learned from each other. So if I see you somewhere, I don't think just the way I am, I would, I would never forget you. You know, I don't think I would ever ignore you either. Right. I mean, it, it, we've we've managed to create something and 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 I think and I think I think there's the and and the people that that come here are if they talk to you and they just they just want to uh, speak their objective and they don't have any intention of learning then yeah those people are you're never going to see them again or even if you do but but as for myself I mean I take everything as a learning experience and just being here I probably learn because when I'm, when I'm speaking, it's everything I've already known. But when I listen, I learn new things and I've, I've learned from you actually. So I, I think I'll carry that on. I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. I think yeah. that I want to use this as a, as an opportunity to learn from other people. And that's why yeah. I think I ask a lot of questions at the very beginning. I think that I ask a lot of questions Yeah. and then as I, you know, as we continue to progress into the, into the I guess into the podcast, it's just a matter of time. It's like, okay, like, and then it's not, not always just for me. It's like, like not everybody knows who you are, how we met, where, like where your background is. And yeah. so how can we get as much information so that un- other people have a better understanding of, of why we're sitting there. Yeah. Right. And so I think that's my objective when I first start. And then after that, it's like, okay, now we're just, now we're hanging out. Right? Yeah, now, yeah. Everybody's got the scene. We're good. Yeah. Now let's go ahead and just, now we're just hanging out. Yeah. Right? And yeah. so I like, I like to be able to learn from you and learn from other people to get to sit across from me. But then I think the more that I get to listen and learn from other people, the more that I, the more that I learn. Right. Yeah. So it's kind of like a, it's a cool, a really, really cool opportunity where every single personal training session, I'm with one person for that hour and I get to learn from them. They get to learn from me. Yeah. Right. And so it's, it's it's a really, it's, it's a really cool special thing that that i I cherish very much yeah absolutely and i'm sure you meet a lot of different people and 
Maybe you do too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's uh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean you get of to work course. with a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, I mean the different projects. Uh, it's it's amazing. I mean, every every company I go into and I I learn their projects. It's it blows my mind. I mean, it just uh, I love it. The technology, the level of precision. It, uh, it's great. Yeah, it's. You know, he comes back to that, like wearing that thing on our, our on our oh. face and relying on AI and these things yeah. to, to, it almost like takes away from the human experience. Yeah. I think it, I think it very much so takes away from it the human experience. It depends how you use it, right? Also, I mean, I mean, there's certain things uh, that if you want a quick answer, you can, you can get it. It's right sure. there, right? Um, it's like a compiled Google, but if you're using it for like everything, then it becomes a problem. <laughs> if I'm just yeah. reading your brain, probably yeah. not the best idea. Yeah. Always attached to it. Always having the thing on the thing. Yeah. Not okay. I always enjoy reading, so I don't think that's uh, going to be taken away by AI, but yeah. I don't read as much as I probably should. You should, you know, back, back when I was in college, even junior high school, younger, I, I didn't enjoy reading at all. I mean, my friends would say, go read. And I see the same thing with my kids. I said, read and didn't really like to read. But as I got older, I mean, there's certain books that I really enjoy reading and um, I want to learn more. What is your, I guess, your most recent read or what are you reading right now? Well, um, I, I like read. I, over the years, I've picked up books on astronomy. I like history books, nice. um, astronomy, physics books. You know, I've read the <clears throat> Stephen Hawking books. And, um, so, yeah, about space and time and boring stuff. <laughs> I, I mean, I think those kind of books are, yeah. I don't know, more attractive. I, I, I like more like business development, self, self-help, if you will. Uh, kind of genres. Um, I like watching a lot of documentaries, but I don't read probably as much as I should. Yeah. So when I read a book, and I I don't know if I told you, but I go to California for meetings and I drive. So when I finish reading a book, I like to listen to the audio version of it on the car. Nice. It just uh, helps me pick up on certain aspects that I missed while I was reading. So uh, that, that's what I do. So on my... When I read a book and then when I'm driving there and back, I listen to audio and I. Yeah. It's a good way to go about I it. I always read first and then audio. Yeah. I always try the audio and yeah. then I get a little bit into it. And then I usually switch to a podcast or uh, I probably spend too much time just scrolling, 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 scrolling. Because it makes me feel like I'm learning something, but not really. Oh, yeah. Well, it depends on your on your interest, right? I mean, you like business business development and stuff like that. That's good for you. Right? I, I just I learn. I like to read about space and what's going on out there. And what is going on out there? Oh, <laughs> a whole bunch of nothing. <laughs> because it's quite interesting. I mean, throughout the whole history of, of humanity, I mean, we probably know about five six percent about of a space right so there's so much more to learn i mean uh, just uh, einstein's uh, theory of space and time <clears throat> brought us to think a lot about space and then stephen hawking's with his the black hole theory there's so much more to learn i mean uh, all these great minds and all we probably know about five six percent of what's going on out there so there's so much more to learn which we, which which i'm interested in you know are we the only ones 
Huh? Are we the only ones? No, I'm talking about. I, I'm saying, oh, like, do you think we're like, do you do, do you have faith or believe that there are other organisms that exist outside of our. Of course. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't think like the shaped head aliens with arms like we saw in the movies. I don't think any of that exists, but there's definitely different. There's, there's beings out there. I wonder what they look like. You know, I mean, that'd be like, like you can't really imagine. Right. Or unless they look, similar to us i'm like depends on how they or, or, or like it if, just, it, if it's out, out out of our senses then we can't really right but if what if what if it's outside our senses but they're living and we just can't observe them or see them or sen- sense them then but they're there right <laughs> okay they didn't think about that yeah yeah i mean yeah. you can't imagine this whole entire universe i mean you have the milky way and you have all these universes around and earth is like you can't I mean, if you if you go far out in space you can't even see earth right i mean that's how small we are we really are so just tiny almost we, insignificant we are we are i mean like if you think about us i mean uh, i we sit on a daily basis worried about our, our our problems and all this stuff and the whole entire world revolves around us and what we think but if you if you if you get on a plane, right? If you're on a plane right now, you can't even see me. You can't even see my house. That's how I'm, I'm like non-existent. And if you got in space and you look at Earth, it's it's so small. I mean, our thoughts, our matters. If you look at the whole picture of the entire universe, we're we're so minute. I mean, it's we're almost uh, non-existent, right? I mean, if you think about it that yeah, way, we really are. I mean, yeah. if we know five to six percent of the entire entire universe Peace. yeah uh, and, and the universe we know only five six percent and those are brilliant minds like and the smallest most, that we have yeah <laughs> you know we really are quite and so but for whatever reason in that moment it still seems like our problems are so significant it is or it, it kind of almost upsets me when people are like angry at each other for i don't know for it's, stupid shit for shit that doesn't really matter uh, yeah it's like oh you got my order wrong people like throw a fit at times and it's like just tell them you know what you wanted and then go about your life like and they'll fix it and whatever they made a yeah. mistake it's fine it's, go yeah. on. like why does it why is it such a big deal right um almost none of these none of this we're human we're weak deal. i mean just driving driving down the street if you like if you stop at the red light for like two seconds before it turns green and you're not moving the car behind you is angry and <laughs> It's about to kill you. I mean, I'm like, relax, buddy. I mean, so you get home two seconds before <laughs> or after your planned time. It's not a big deal. You're going to sit on your couch and go on TikTok. I mean, it's really, it's no reason for that person to get mad, you know, but I understand everybody has going through struggles and stuff. But, you know, if you think about it, 90, 90% of the stuff we stress about doesn't really happen, right? <laughs> I mean, you're, you're probably, you might be stressed about something that you think that's going to happen, but it really doesn't. I mean, I'm going to fix a, I'm going to fix this camera. I hope I'm not taking too much. Oh, no. I mean, how how much time do you get? I, I, I'm, no, I'm, I'm fine. Whatever. I mean, I know you have to go, so uh, we can cut it short, but our, our our conversation is becoming very interesting. It could probably take to like tomorrow or the next day. Yeah, right. Yeah. I can I uh, I can sit and talk about this stuff for hours and hours, you know. It's but uh, 
You, you let me know. I got, it's only three o'clock. Yeah. I got I got four hours. So if we, whenever you're done, you can just like you give me a thumbs up or something. Well, uh, no, I, that's fine. It's it's not me. I can sit here hours and hours okay. and talk to you. But unfortunately, uh, you know, I, I have uh, my wife who's been texting me. But we'll get to spend another twenty minutes or half an hour. So okay. no problem. Um, just discussing it. That's up to you. That or we can do this again. I mean, whatever. Come back again. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think this is definitely an interesting piece. We'll go for a little bit longer than we can call it after that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, because if you get into space and time with me and, and all this stuff and uh, I can go on, but <laughs> yeah, we, we could spend a little bit more time and then I'll, I'll depart. It's, it just, it's hard to even understand like how time changes between one place and another. And it's like, we, we care so much about what's going on here, but in reality. It's it's very it's very much so insignificant. It is. It is. It's relaxing almost yeah. to think. I think instead of thinking, oh man, it makes me worried or fearful or whatever it may be, it's almost like it's gonna be okay. Yeah. This is the, this thing's gonna continue to revolve around the sun and do its thing until it's not, and then something else will continue to happen after that. And you know, just that's it. Yeah, the cycle will continue, whether I'm here or I'm not. Yeah. Whether the person in front of me gets mad at me or not, or, um, you know, I asked that girl on that date and she says, no, we're not. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. Like, I mean, what difference does it make? I mean, you move on. Yeah. I mean, uh, going back to the book that I wrote and being able to reflect back in earlier time, I mean, I, uh, I myself have been through so much struggles in life, you know, the ups and downs and, and, and the losses and everything. And in reality, all those moments that I stress that it affected me mentally, but in in the reality stage right now, if I wouldn't have stressed over that, I would have been in a better place, right? So that stress, that moment really was for no reason because right now time still goes on, right? So you could stress about a certain thing as much as you want and and cry and 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 really put pressure on yourself that forms anxiety and depression but then the day that moment's gonna pass right so what did what relief did that stress and anxiety really give you nothing because we eventually move on that's a good feeling it's a good (laughs) thing to walk away with do you feel like you've like looked at at problems a little differently now yeah, I mean, uh, I, there's certain things that would have really bothered me a lot years ago. Right now, I just doesn't bother me. It's all through the the the, the experience and and the know-how, right? And all the problems I've went through in the past. I think it'd be useful for a lot of people to write down kind of like a little biography about themselves. Just, it sounds like at least a little reflection. It's amazing, man. I can tell you, I've never written a book. I've, this is my first book I wrote and I love it. It's, it, it, it just makes you realize things and makes you a better person. Um, it makes you relive those moments, just writing it down. And, you know, it's for me, it's, it's, it's definitely been enjoyable writing i mean i recommend everybody to just write even it doesn't have to be a book i mean whatever you know just write down your feelings uh, i think it'll help out journaling's big journal yeah 
I love Beer Journal. I mean, I, I wrote a book because, I mean, eventually, uh, I'm not going to, you know, my grandchildren or my great grandchildren, if they ever want to know about me, they can read my book and get a sense of what person I was. And, and, and maybe they're going through problems and they see that, hey, great grandpa had all these issues and he turned out fine and I'll be fine too. So <laughs> there might be a learning. It's not, my book is not for like sell or, you know, become a millionaire, sell on Amazon. It's just strictly for my family. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. So they could just remember me. <laughs> I would have liked that my dad or my, my, <clears throat> probably my grandfather would have wrote a book like about his life. Well, yeah, that's so the agree. thing. I, I don't, I don't, I, I don't know anything about my grandfather. I have to yeah. ask my, my uncles or my parents, but you know, I, I would like to, if he had a book, I would read it. So hopefully one day my great grandchildren or my children will read my book. <laughs> That'd be super cool. Yeah. 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 Well, I'll let you go. Thank I you. understand the, the, the missus is calling. So I appreciate your time. Um, and just a little piece of advice. I always let everybody like, like close us off with a little bit of, a little bit of, uh, what you would have wanted to hear maybe like 20, 30 years ago when you were first existing. Um, what would you have, you know, found value in, in some sort of advice? Oh, my advice mm-hmm. to somebody, what, uh, come again with the question. So like if you, a piece of advice or anybody listening, right? So like if the way I think about it is like, if you were 20, 30 years ago, if you're 20 years old, what would be some advice that you wish that you had? So I'll tell you, I'll tell you a quote that I recently read. Okay. And I hope I say this correctly. It says, uh, the grave, the grave talks to the human and says, why do you fear me for I am reality? And why do you enjoy life for it's just an illusion? Right? Why, why do we fear reality and why do we, um, enjoy an illusion? So I guess leading to my advice, right? Would be like, enjoy the moment, learn as much as you can, you know, um, and and uh, don't stress too much. Yeah, enjoy the ride. <laughs> I like it. Enjoy the ride, right? Because eventually, there's only two real things in this world that are for sure. One is regret. Everybody regrets, and two is death. I mean, so we should just live it and be happy, right? Enjoy it. <laughs> I love it. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. Thank you. Cheers. Thank you for tuning in. Yeah, thank you. Sweet, man. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, no that problem, buddy. Yeah. What book or what did you read that from? Oh, that's that's that me. That's what? That's me. That's you? Yeah. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good quote. That's a good quote. I read something similar. Um Thank you for listening to the Ben Navarro's podcast. Check us out on iTunes, Spotify, and all other major podcast hosting platforms. Be sure to leave us a five-star review on iTunes. 